Christian Parenting. Are you struggling to balance your modern life and your faith? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Legacy Dads Podcast with Dave and Dante, offering biblical-based wisdom and that weekly dose of what truly works in men's lives. The Legacy Dads Podcast, real men, authentic faith. Here are your hosts of the Legacy Dads Podcast. They're authentic, transparent, and not always politically correct. Dave and Dante. Hey, everyone. This is Dante from Legacy Dads and my partner, Dave. I want to get a little business out of the way because we're going to get serious here. This podcast is for men, husbands, and fathers in all stages of life where we promote and advocate proven biblical principles for leaving a lasting legacy. You know, Dave, we were talking earlier and you brought up a great topic for tonight. And I just wanted to give kudos to a guy that was way ahead of his time. This goes back a few executive pastors of ours, a guy named Larry Bolt. And I remember him at a deacon and elder meeting being way ahead of the curve on the importance of social media and not using it as tools of the world or the enemy, but using it for God's good and, and how churches and how ministries and all that. The second thing that he instituted in his reign, and this was early, maybe 2010, 2009, was noting that there was a lot of school or church shootings. And I mean, if you look back at all of the time, it was basically over um, like from 2000 to 2022, there's been 23 noted church shootings. And I think there's been a couple more. This is data as of 2022. But he created a point working with people within our church, you know, ATF, FBI, um, uh, SWAT teams, chief of police, and just really getting training and, and people that are in there and, and emergency. And he created a position called the point person. And that was somebody that was going to not only work within security of our church walls, our church building, but also working with the local law enforcement and handling any crisis moments from whether it's you know a gas leak to a fire to a bomb threat to an a potential active shooter in the building. And I, I got to give him credit for that, for the fact that he saw it, he was on it, and he just really wanted to talk about it. And that being said, you know, I think it kind of brings into the topic that you wanted to talk about. So I'm just going to kind of tee it over to you. And by the way, I, I skipped a few steps here. How are you? How's your family doing? And tell me what's going on. I'm good, man. I was wondering if we were going to be cordial with each other. Get the business, baby. Yeah. Hey, man, it's just us tonight. Uh, we, we have been doing a lot of interviews lately and we, as Dave and Dante, like we recognize that and we're kind of reprioritizing, you know, just making it just back to the legacy dads a little bit more. So you'll hear more of us, less of other people. We're still going to have some others. We've got some good ones lined up. Uh, but yeah, man, things are, things are good. Work is going okay. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in about a month or so. I should find out what happens with the uh, promotion and if that will drive a move and things like that. So we're looking forward to the next couple weeks because it could be, um, some, some big changes coming up in our household. But Dante, when do you, when do you find out in the next month? Yeah, we'll find out at the end of November. So if you get it, it it's not going to be eggs over Miami. It's going to be some other locations to be determined. That's correct. Wow. I get to call you a BSD pretty soon here. This is pretty cool. Yeah, so we'll, like we'll, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Um, you know, working on uh, some stuff with family and 
uh, college visits. Butler basketball is about to kick off, you know, and then we got other college sports and all that other stuff. So, you know, like college sports, you know, NFL football refs are really sucking this year. And uh, man, you know, just uh, working on uh, networking, man. That's all I'm doing. Nice. So going back to the topic, right? The, the, the topic that I pitched to you was, should we carry, should we conceal carry in church? Because when you look at just the past several weeks, we look at what happened in Israel and then all of the downstream effects that have happened around the world with that, with, you know, just the protests and the counter protests and the violence and the things like that, that we've seen. But also you see things like the, the guy up in Maine who went on the shooting spree at the bowling alley and the bar. And, and, and we have all seen things happen at churches as well. Now, back in December of 2022, the Department of Homeland Security National Terrorism Advisory System warned that threat actors could exploit the holiday season and large gatherings to commit acts of violence. Potential targets included faith-based institutions, schools, racial and religious minorities. I'm reading from this article and I will, I will link it in the show notes. But this, this, there was a family uh, research council that was looking at this as well. And they came out with a report called Hostility Against Churches. And between De- uh, sorry, January of 2018 and September of 2022, they documented 420 acts of violence against churches, including vandalism, arson, bomb threats, gun-related incidents, and more. And then when you start to look at some of the FBI data, the FBI data, they cite that there are 240 anti-Christian hate crimes in 2021 compared to 213 in 2020, 217 in 2019, and then in 2018, it only documented 172 such crimes. So we are seeing just kind of a steady increase in these things happening at our churches and at our places of worship. And I want to bring it up because I think it's something that as when we think about our roles, you know, we just had John J. Smith Baker on last week and he talked about the roles of the man. And one of them is protector. So pastor, provider, and protector. When you look at being a protector and you think about what it takes to not only protect your flock, but when you're at your church, is that something that you need to consider as well? And so, uh, in, in full disclosure, uh, I do carry at church because I have gone through the right steps that I was able to research and say, okay, what is needed in order to make this happen? Now, obviously, I think we can we can use the Bible as a basis. I mean, you know, greater love hath no than this, than, you know, that he should lay down his life for his brothers. We we need to be prepared to make that sacrifice for others. You know, in the in the military contract, that's very, very simple for us. It's it's kind of it's built in. But are we willing to have that same sort of mindset in the church? And we also see in First Chronicles that there were watchmen who were watching over, they were guarding the tabernacle. And so I think you do see a little bit of some biblical basis to say, yeah, that maybe there does need to be something in place. But Dante, I'll kick it over to you for your initial thoughts. And then maybe we can kind of talk about the, you know, what does right look like and how do we go about doing this? Uh, that way our listeners can just come away with a couple of nuggets. So what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I think before you get to any of your your gun, your anti-gun, they freak you out. You're totally embracing them. You you have whatever framework that you are. Let's start out with a simple question: As a Christian, as a believer, or somebody that's seeking, 
do you believe that there is good and evil in this world? I, I want you to understand the heart of what we're saying is not being a victim mentality, protecting the flock, protecting the sheep, and especially if you're in good standing, is being aware of your surroundings. You know, one thing that we learned in jujitsu um, is always be aware of surroundings. Always be aware of, you know, is there a, a fight or flight situation? At all times, if you have the ability to, to flight, you get out of danger. But in the event that you can't, then you got to be prepared to fight. So imagine if you have 600 to 10,000 parishioners in a building and all of a sudden you you have an active shooter come in or let's say a plural active shooters come in and we don't want to offend or uh, whatever else like that, you all of a sudden now have a, bur a barrel full of fish that are ripe for the picking. And this is just setting up the framework of what we're talking about. So it's a long way around understand the heart of it. Is there good or is there evil? I mean, is there good and evil? And if your answer is yes, this is the heart of the conversation. Go ahead, Dave. When you start to look at this through a lens that is critical, that that's the most important thing, right? First and foremost, it, this is not a debate on second amendment rights. This is about embracing our role as protector. How do we protect the flock? How do we protect the people that we are worshiping with? How do we be aware of our surroundings? And one of those things that we can do because we live in this great country is we have the right to bear arms. We do have the right to have firearms for, to use for whatever reason we want. And that's okay. And one of those reasons is to protect people. Now, when you start to look at using your firearm, obviously you want to make sure that you are properly trained, that you know how to use this thing that can cause incredible damage you need to go through training courses. You need to stay proficient. You need to shoot often. You need to have the right licenses. You need to have the right permits. You need to know the different laws in your different states. One website that I found said that there are only two states uh, across the United States where it is illegal. You cannot carry your firearm into a church. And those states are Mississippi and New York. So this is, this is from a, an article that was posted about two years ago. So that might have changed. But Mississippi and New York is what I was able to find. There were 10 states that allowed uh, parishioners to carry their firearms into the church as long as they had permission from the leadership of the church. And then the rest of the churches, uh, that leaves 38, or sorry, the rest of the states, that leaves 38 of them, you look at the, at the church like private property. And so you can go in there and you can carry your weapon. Maybe it's ultimately up to the owner of the private property, you know? So again, that just kind of involves like, maybe you would want to ask the session or ask the pastor or just say, Hey, this is what I intend on doing because it's my legal right to do so. Where things get a little bit complicated, Dante, is what if you have a school that is attached to a church? We see that all over the place. I mean, you look at what happened up in Tennessee with the, uh, with the school shooting that happened there connected to a church. So that's where you start to get into some intricacies with the legal aspects of are you allowed to carry because gun or schools are supposed to be supposed to be gun free zones. We know criminals don't read laws or don't follow them rather rather. And, and so that's where it's really important to understand, okay, what state am I living in and really get into the legalities? Because if something were to happen where you find yourself needing to employ your weapon 
against an active threat. And let's say you're successful and you take that threat out. There are still some legal ramifications and some things that you're going to have to go through. Not only that, but what if that person's family decides to file civil lawsuits? So you have to think ahead and you have to understand, hey, these are all the different things that I need to be able to say, okay, I've done my research. And when you're doing that, when you have all the permits, when you have all the training, when you practice, when you understand the laws and legalities of what is and what is not allowed, then you can go to the leadership of the church and say, okay, this is what I intend on doing. Is this okay for you? Or in some of those states, you don't even have to do that. In those 38 states, you don't, you technically don't have to tell them, but I think it would be like kind of a common courtesy. Like uh, maybe I'm going to go talk to leadership because it's a, it's a valid threat. I mean, we see so many things going on. There are so many threats that are out there and we need to be prepared. We have got to be able to respond and not just be sitting ducks. Yeah. And I, I like that, Dave. And I, I think it's very, uh, uh, gracious and, and forthcoming to tell our listeners that, look, if, if you're not well-trained, you're not well-licensed, you're not confident, you know, you have no business bringing any type of firearm or weapon into a public place and, or, you know, into a, a, a church wherever else like that. But, you know, if you are well-versed, you are well-licensed, you're well-practiced and, and, you know, you know, above and beyond all uh, a calm head. I mean, you know, we talked about like Larry at the beginning of this podcast, uh, one of the things that, you know, was tapped for me being a point person was my, my ability to be calm under pressure. We were putting on a new addition throughout our churches and we had a, a situation where fire alarms kept getting tri- tripped and there was a door locked and firemen came in with their axes because they're all gung ho. They wanted to take down a door. And by the way, that door would have cost about $2,500 to replace with the security and the windows. But Dante with a level head reason said, give me a moment. Do not tear down the door. This is just a trip. Everything is fine. And so I went upstairs. I called the uh, the general manager of the office, got where the key was, got the key, opened the door, let the fireman, of course, we were right. It was just a trip, a short in the wire. Everything's fixed. So same thing. And then one of the guys that was uh, one of the agencies um, asked me if I am carrying in church and wanted me to start carrying. Um, why? Because, you know, calm under pressure, level-headed, and being aware of situational risk. And so in all of these things, um, there are a group of people that we know, you know, when we start our church services, who's where, what's going on and how they're going to do it. Nothing happens without the point person, you know, making the calls or whatever. However, you know, active shooter or anything else like that, bomb threats, you know, we have scripts, we have everything to do by that. But just the mere presence of working with law enforcement, you know, we have police cars outside of our church. We have policemen in our church. And we also let them use our facilities for training and for uh, classes that they have and and small group meetings. So it's working together with those that are are professional, but in the same token, knowing, you know, in the great state of Indiana where I am, um, you know, coming from Illinois to Indiana back in 07, I learned that, you know, you have a, uh, a, um, a, 
permit to carry um, concealed weapon in Indiana. And I did not, I thought I, that was something separate and beyond that I had to apply for once I, I got my gun permit in Indiana. And the nice old lady at the local police station kind of rubbed my cheek and said, you're so pretty, read the back of that. And as I read it, it was, you know, concealed permit. And I just started laughing as she laughed as well. But all that being said is, you know, am I looking to take action, you know, that is going to hurt somebody else? By no means. Am I looking at situations where I can see things quickly escalate? Yeah. Like where a mob of people break into an airport, break onto the runway and are going to kill Jewish people because they have hate toward one particular group or ethnic group or religious group. Can I see in a situation where a church that professes Jesus Christ as Lord becomes an instant, you know, target for those that are coming across illegally that maybe have nefarious ide- ideology? Absolutely. The Bible is also very clear on not succumbing to fear. And so is that going to change any of my daily outcomes of whether I go to work in the city of Chicago whether I go to church on Sunday or Wednesday night or anything else in between, whether I go to my lo- local coffee shop, by no means. You know, some some biblical verses that I, I think would be uh, applicable, Psalms 82.4 says, rescue weak and needy people. Help them escape the power of wicked people. This is what we're talking about. Luke 11.21, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. You know, there's a but at the end of that verse, so you can look that up for yourself. But Luke eleven twenty one, there's always risk, counter risk and all that when you're taking action, you know, of, of what you're going up against. But, you know, above all, situational awareness, am I prepared to do what it takes to protect the flock, protect the sheep? Am I aware of the situation? I mean, we look at school shootings and if, you know, in some of these states that are anti-gun, anti-violence, whatever else like that, would just allow teachers that have the licenses and the training to have a locked weapon in a closet. I think a lot of these active shooters would be very discouraged. I'll give you a fact, Dave. Uh, Back in the late 80s, early 90s, the city of Dallas, Oak Cliff, was the highest murder per capita a year. That was over Gary, Indiana, which is always in the top five over a lifetime that I've been around. So... Oak Cliff, this great state of Texas, decides to allow open carry. And for all the anti-gun advocates and everything else like that, facts don't lie. And the facts are that within the first year, crime and uh, violence was down over 70% of open carry. So criminals are not idiots. They don't obey laws. They don't obey, you know, no weapons, you know, uh, city or no weapon building or whatever else like that. They will take advantage of opportune situations of those that are weak and those that are not prepared to fight. If they know that they're coming into a situation of where anybody can be carrying and everybody's prepared to a fight, I think you have a different situation. What say you? Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, when you look at the fact of, you know, uh, it, it's better to be prepared than to try and respond to something and, and be totally unprepared. Uh, one of the phrases that we that we use quite a quite a bit is proper prior preparation prevents poor performance. And when you look at this particular circumstance, there's there's no room for poor for 
poor performance. There just is not. We, we know that there are threats out there. I, I, I have to keep on saying that because I, I think far too often, you know, we, we say, okay, well, you know, all of this other stuff, it's going on in other parts of the world. I guarantee the people in Lewiston, Maine did not think that a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, you know, or, or maybe they were thinking that, but they're not thinking that anymore. That's what I mean to say. And so, you know, when you, when you talk about that, um, some of the stuff that you have in place, Dante, I, there, that's also some other stuff that you have to consider when you're looking at, do I need to carry in church? Is there a plan in place? And it sounds like your church has some pretty solid, you know, emergency action plans. Hey, this is what happens if, and it, you know, kid goes missing, uh, fire alarm, who knows, you know, uh, Russia invades, you know, whatever it might be. I just throw that in there because of your conspiracy theories, Dante. I want to yes, we're getting, we're getting close. I got a few more that I'm going to tell you about later. I want to, I want to validate your feelings <laughs> in, in, in all the texts that you send us anyway. Um, but that's the thing is sometimes churches do have those teams in place and they do have plans in place. And so you need to make sure that independently of them, if you are opting to carry into the church that maybe you understand what the plan is. And again, in a state where it is allowed to carry, uh, for you to carry your weapon into the church, maybe you want to integrate with the team later and just say, Hey, I know I'm not part of the team right now. Maybe I could be part of the team, but in the meantime, um, I'm also going to be carrying, I'm not going to be a threat. Um, but I'm going to be helping protect my family and protecting the parishioners that are here as well. And then Dante, I want to, I want to throw in one more thing that can help churches. Because one thing that you mentioned was, are we, are we looking for the opportunity to do harm to somebody? Absolutely not. That is not what responsible gun owners do. As a matter of fact, when you look at police officer involved shootings and you see some of the body cam footage after they have engaged a threat, someone who has taken them, the first thing that they do when they have the opportunity to is they start providing life-saving care as soon as they're able to. And they continue to, they continue to do that until that person is taken away in an ambulance. They apply tourniquets, they do pressure dressings, they do all kinds of different things like that. And so while none of us really want to get to a point where we have to use lethal force to take out someone who is trying to cause harm to the people around us or to us, you know, personally, one thing that we can do in order to kind of balance things out is we can say, well, are, are there kits that are out there that, you know, that maybe we can have in the church? And, and just a quick search, I, I looked it up as you were talking, Dante. I mean, you can get mass casualty kits for anywhere between 200 to $600, depending on the number of people that you want to treat or be able to treat, right? So if you do have something like this happen, this, these kits, they can be stowed away and somebody on the security team knows where they're at. And now we can start taking care of people and we can start to look at, hey, what are some of those things that we can do to treat these immediate injuries if we need to, to include the person that was the threat? Because I, I think we should try and do that. We should try and follow the model that police officers do is eliminate the threat, protect life. But we're just saying, you know, look around, situational awareness, uh, look at what ha- is happening in other countries that have just been open and receiving thousands upon hundreds of thousands of Im- immigrants that, you know, in some countries that have just come across and others. And I'm not saying that the problem is there. I'm saying it's the nefarious, it's the evil that w- is within, that is hiding, that is cowardice. 
that is there to intentionally do evil and harm. And, you know, you just have to be aware. And, and I think, you know, understanding the risk, understanding the, the preparedness, those that are trained and having a level head. And, and you, you made the reference to officers that if a, if a firearm is discharged, a lot of these officers, agencies, and people that are warriors are, are trained to de-escalate situations. So very rarely do you see them going to a point where it leads to violence. I mean, even our point people, you know, if we find somebody that is combative, somebody that looks a little risky, is not to go right there with guns blazing, just the opposite. It's to find out, can we get them spiritual and mental health? And, you know, maybe it's just a conversation. Maybe it's a validation. Maybe it's a hug. You know, always being aware. I remember we we took one gentleman that was having a really hard time and looked like he was a violent nature, and we brought him into the prayer room. And, you know, I learned a lesson never to close your eyes in situations as the one that was my mentor in that situation uh, woke me up quickly. But that being said is that by just talking with them, praying with them and validating their needs changed the whole tenure of the conversation. So de-escalation is a huge part of being a responsible citizen, even carrying a weapon. In the event that there is there there is nefarious people, there is evil coming to literally harm, and you know that the threat is imminent, this is what we're talking about. And being prepared for those situations and how you're going to execute a plan that you know saves you and saves love loved ones around you. Yep. And then one more thing before we close this out, Dante, for those churches that are just like, man, I don't even know where to begin. I know we kind of started talking you know, as individuals, you know, how do we do that? But this is, this is not just like one person doing thing, you know, and, and being like a lone ranger. This, this is not what it should be. You should not be like John Wayne going into your church and be like, oh, I'm going to take them all out and I'll be okay. And like, like, it's not, this is not it. Your church needs to understand like, Hey, we need to have plans in place. We need to make sure that we are protected. We need to be obviously sharing the gospel, but obviously there are going to be people that are coming in there to have Hey, I want to carry, uh, you know, how do I do that? But one thing that I found that can be helpful for churches is the cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency. It's America's cyber defense agency They're They've got a, a good number of resources on their website, which is cisa.gov. And it, there's a, there's one on there for protecting houses of worship. And so they've got some resources. They, they have some self-assessments. They have like what to do. And they just have a bunch of different resources that you can go through and you can say, okay, as a church, as a leadership team, what are the things that we need to do? And a self-assessment is a really good place to start because once you do that, then you can start to look at the threats that are around you and say, okay, you know, these are things that we've had to deal with before in the past. We have to recognize that there's maybe some other things that might show up in the future. How are we going to respond? And this might be a good place for people to start. And so Dante, over to you for your last words so that we can wrap this up and, uh, and call it a day. Yeah, I, you know, our goal is uh, not to uh, freak out our listeners, not to uh, just be one one way or the other, but the idea is the heart of the matter, and that is um, situational awareness, being able to negate any threats, and to uh, start at a place that's having an open discussion with the leaders that you have. So as Dave's giving you resources, we'll put on the show notes. Um, you know, a lot of this conversation just starts with your pastor, with your elders, with your leaders and finding out, you know, of, of law enforcement, of agencies, 
you know, that uh, are very advanced of military that have the experience that have the training is, you know, if you're on a limited budget, you're in a small church is to start there, sit down with your local chief of police, you know, tell them that, you know, you're worried that you guys may be a target, may not be, what are some steps that we can take? And they may already have resources available for you to hit these agencies and these training centers that Dave are talking about. But it's just, you know, being wise like serpents, smart like foxes, and being prepared to be in the world, not of the world, and not being a casualty of evil and nefarious intentions. Amen. Yeah. And so with that, listeners, uh, have a conversation. That's the first place. You, that's the first thing you need to do. First place you should go is to the leadership of your church and just say, "Hey, this is something I'm concerned about. What can we do together?" And then continue to go from there. Listeners, if you enjoy this podcast, please whatever platform you listen to, leave a rating, a review. That way, we can share this with other people and they can hear what Legacy Dads is up to. And uh, with that, we are continually blessed to be able to share the ministry of Legacy Dads with you. And with that, we say, God bless. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Legacy Dads Podcast with Dave and Dante, real men, authentic faith. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit LegacyDads.org and on Facebook.com slash Legacy Dads and on Twitter at Legacy underscore Dad. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe and we'll catch you next time on the Legacy Dads Podcast, real men, authentic faith.